Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hey, Eric. It's good to see you. That's right, Ward. It is good to see you, too. For those of you who are listening on audio and you just can't get enough and you're wondering, what do these two handsome gentlemen actually look like? I'd like to see their facial reactions throughout this whole podcast. Well, guess what? Because we are powered by P. That's all I got. I was, you could see I was probably turning blue. Yeah. And now they can see it, which I've been wanting them to have the ability to do for a long time. And I'm glad you got the third one in because you can't really call it a medley unless you get three in. And I'll be honest with you. I had no idea what I was doing when I started. Had no idea how I was going to end it. And, uh, you know, it it wasn't. You could have fooled me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get into this very special guest, a couple major announcements. Major, major. We are officially on the ballot. Yeah. (laughs) It's happening. We are officially on the ballot running for trustee of Indiana University 2021. The barbarians have crashed the gate. The inmates are trying to run the asylum. (laughs) We uh, are the only candidate as of this moment. As of this moment, we're the, it's uncontested. Let's keep that rolling. So let's just, hey, if you're considering running, and you're listening to this, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's just, 
I'm going to make your life a living hell if you run against <laughs> us. Like we're going to like we're going full negative campaigning. So we will dig into your past and reveal skeletons that you thought were buried decades ago. We're going to unearth them. That's what we do here. Our opposites. Our opposites. Our opposition research is better than my articulation of saying opposition <laughs> research. Now you have to keep in the flubs. <laughs> now you have to keep them in. Uh, we are on the ballot. Please go to epfortrustee.com and submit your email if you haven't already so that we can have your email to give you updates. And especially when it comes time, when it comes time to mobilize and we can send out the link for voting. But we're going to be releasing a lot of videos uh, the first of which is going to roll out, uh, actually the first of which rolled out either yesterday or this morning. Uh, and it's, uh, look, Warden, I said, there's no better place to announce the official kickoff than Bloomington, the heart of Indiana University, Bloomington. 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 We were there. It was amazing. Really, one of the most fun two hours I've had this whole year. It, it was sensational to be in Bloomington. And yes, I'm saying that specifically without the second part of what you normally say when you're in a city and then you name the state. We were in Bloomington. 100% in Bloomington for a couple of hours. And uh, we chronicled our two hours there, which involved meeting some really interesting people. It might've involved a run-in with law enforcement. Might have involved uh, a run-in with a guy named Bubba. Might have involved a run-in with oncoming traffic. Who knows? You'll They'll have to tune in to know. That's really what it is. But I will say we jammed a lot in our two hours in Bloomington. And we will roll out those videos. So please follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the, the sometimes, sometimes why. why? See, I thought that was the best one we've ever done. I didn't. I thought you went extra slow. I thought you were going extra slow. That must be the lag. Well, I feel good about it. Follow us on Twitter so you get all the updates. Um, let's touch base on on uh, Indiana basketball real quick. Because sure. this podcast interview is not about Indiana basketball. Kind of. A little kind bit. Of. A little yes. bit. Some. Um, Ward? I'm going to save some of what I have to say because I'm feeling great. Oh, wow. I did not think that was possible for you to feel great, no matter what the outcome or the execution against an opponent of that nature. No, it's not about the North Alabama game. Oh, I, I took nothing from the North Alabama game. I went into that game thinking the only success the only way I would say this is a successful game is if Christian Lander plays more than 20 minutes. That's all I wanted in the game. I said it to everybody who would listen for the game. He played 17 minutes, which I was not happy about, truthfully. I liked him in the second half, but first half he played five minutes. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And, he was and, not an entity. And he should have been. like that. He needs those minutes more than anybody on the team. He needs those minutes. So I didn't love that part, okay. but it had nothing to do with the North Alabama game. I'm just saying... I'm going to save it. Maybe it has something to do with the Reasonable Rabbi episode. Okay, I see where this is going. But I feel, I feel good. How do you feel? 
I feel better than I did after the Florida State game. We have not talked, by the way, since the North Alabama game. No, we haven't. I was phone-free, basically, on Sunday. Part of that was family stuff mixed in with Colts and IU basketball, Mm. not wanting to get spoilers. I did have, between all the, the text chains, I had 338 unread text messages by the time I finally checked my phone in the late afternoon. How many I, were from me? How many of those were from me or a chain that I was on? At well, least the, 200, right? Yeah, the goon the goon text chain was over 200. Yeah, sure. So that was the, the lion's share, which is to be expected. But because both of my teams won, I was very excited to dive into those chains and see what was going on. But with that game, it's... Uh, it's a pleasant way to to get into um, more meaningful games. And that really, Coach Miller has said, we are a better shooting team than what we have shown thus far. He's clearly seeing shots fall in practice that we haven't seen fall in games. We did hear that last year, too. Sure, sure. Um, we didn't We didn't see any of those shots fall in Florida State. Um, but we did in this game. And if a lot of what we're dealing with in our outside shooting is psychological, it's confidence, a game like that can't help, particularly for Armand, but, you know, sort of did across. Did you say a game like that can't help? Can't. What would the phrase be? Can't, can't hurt. Can't help but help. Okay. Or just can't hurt. Yeah, but that's so but You're trying to say it does help. It does help. It can, yes. it can only help. Thank you for telling me what I said, because I would have just kept plowing ahead <laughs> thinking we were all on the same page. I think yes. you said it can't help. And I was like, wait a minute. It I usually, I usually, and be, I'll be totally honest here. I usually zone out when you're talking anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I know. It's <laughs> shocking that I actually picked up on it. It but can't I'm help but sure. help. It can't help but help. It can't th- help but help. I just didn't finish that. It can't help but help because there it is. No, We're in our gym. The ball's going through the hoop. Uh, that's all we need here. That's, I think we all know. We're looking at a top 10 defense. And uh, Peekster did put up on the board comparing year four of Tony Bennett to what Archie is already looking at this year. And a top 10 defense would put Archie ahead of where Bennett was at the end of year four. Now, look, we've got to go through the big 10 conference. So those numbers after we play Iowa might boot us out of the top 10, but I think we all know the difference between this being hopefully a a good solid season. And Hey, that was kind of a great season is if we can get some shots to fall and that happened on Sunday. So that's all I got to hold on to right now. And I'm holding on tightly. Look, I am trying to take a page out of your book, and I am not focusing on recruiting right now. Great. Uh, I know everybody was all up in arms. It's like, how many months have I been saying we're not getting Aminu Muhammad? How many months? Since the beginning. Right. We're not getting him. I've been saying it. Nobody wanted to listen. That's fine. But then the article goes up that he's announced his commitment date. All the tea leaves are pointing to crazy pants down (laughs) in, in Georgia. Let him go. Like, we're not getting him. I didn't feel good about Mason Miller. Didn't feel good about Trey Kaufman. Again, like simplest answer on all these things. You know, when you compare Indiana to the choices that these schools, that these kids had, and clearly we are the best choice from an objective standpoint, 
but this is not an objective process. And so when you aren't being selected, you know, we're always a bridesmaid, never a bride for these out-of-state kids. This so, is uh, this is Occam's razor? It is Occam's razor. Simplest <sighs> answer. You I remembered it. it. Maybe did. the key for me to remember it long-term is to repeat it back. So yeah, maybe sure. maybe it's finally in there. But yeah, no. It's, but I'm not it's, focusing on recruiting. I'm not. I'm just what, focusing on the team. You're not thinking about Parker? No. Parker at Buffalo didn't get your interest peaked. No, no. Okay. Okay. It didn't. I mean, like he might come, he may not. I don't know. He played for Penny Hardaway in AAU. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he'll come, but I feel good about this team without Parker. This is healthy. This is really healthy for like, you. Like, like really good. And I'm going to get into it at a later date. Okay. All right. I don't want to, I don't want to waste time going through the, copious amounts of research that I did should come to this conclusion. Um, So that's Indiana basketball. Yeah. Well, the trustee has anything been going on with the football team? I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention. Big news there. I did see that we're number seven in the CFP rankings. Those rat. No, 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 we're not. No, 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 we're not. What are you talking about? We're not seven in the CFP rankings. That's what I read this morning. No, the, the CFP rankings come out tomorrow or tonight, Tuesday. We're number seven in the AP poll and the coaches poll. I'm going to definitely edit this. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck that then. Yeah. I wondered why nobody else was losing their mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to keep it in. You got to keep it in. <laughs> I love that you're like, you thought that that was the case. You're looking around. How come no one's getting excited about this? Yeah, I woke up this morning and I was checked peaks and I, I I thought it was playoff rankings. No, 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 no. We are number seven in the coaches poll and the AP poll, which is astounding. I mean, like yeah. it never gets old. It is freaking astounding. The college football playoff poll comes out tonight. Tuesday. And we're going to see what happens here. We were 12th last week. Will they let us jump ahead of Florida who lost another game? Right. Will they, we clearly have to jump in front of Miami who got boat raced by North Carolina, but Iowa smoked Wisconsin. So that Wisconsin win doesn't look as good. And you know? now we don't get to play Iowa, which right. would be a much bigger victory than over the boilers. Don't get me wrong. I want to smash the boilers to smithereens but it doesn't mean as much nationally i, don't I do think we're gonna play either again truthfully i mean um well and that cool. might be the best chance we have to get into the fiesta bowl is to not play at all yes yes that well, like where we we're sitting purdue, now if we played purdue and smoked them i think that can i think that can only help to help <laughs> help to help it can't help but help it can't help but help that's what I would think. But I agree. I kind of wish we could play Iowa and like let the chips fall where they may. Like I'm not into backing into the Fiesta Bowl. I think we're as good as the rankings, the coaches in the AP poll says we are. So I want to see us play. And I just want more games. Like yeah. I just want to see this team play more. I want to see Tuttle play more. I want to see Taiwan Mullen play more. Like I just, Micah McFadden, I want to just see it all. I love it. I love this team. And it's, it has helped me appreciate how many games we've been able to play. You know, the, the Colts on that end, they've been getting lucky. 
IU basketball so far, knock on wood, and IU football, that we've been so fortunate that our teams have continuously been able to play the games they're supposed to play. And with with Purdue, obviously, anytime we could administer a thrashing to the Boilermakers, we don't want to pass that up. Um, and it w- I guess we'll see when the actual CFP rankings come out, not the ones in my imagination, but it looks like everybody's feeling at this point, as things stand across the board, USC versus Indiana in the Fiesta Bowl. And that's if however we get to that point, I want to get to that point. Could USC, though, I think USC has to play in the Pac-12 championship, right? Right. And there's some thought that if they blow that, then that could all get get blown up. But Um, you got to think like, well, we're going to find out the the CFP poll that comes out tonight is going to say everything, basically, because if we stay at 12, we very well could get hosed on this New Year's six thing. But if they move us up to 10th and if we move ahead of Florida and Miami, I'm going to feel real good about making a New Year's six bowl, which is nuts. It really is nuts. nuts. Yeah. It's nuts, and let's just say it. I mean, God bless Tom Allen. Clearly, God has. He, he has clearly blessed him with a passion that is unmatched. Uh, and you know what? The bucket game was supposed to be this last Saturday. It didn't happen. Oh, wait. My son is here. Give me one second. Let me just let him inside. Sure, sure. Well, Eric's gone. I'm going to take a moment to... Um brace you all at home uh, who are going to be watching the video of our interview Eric has the most hideous IU shirt on that I've ever seen and if you're going to be watching this with small children you may want to skip ahead when they're out of the room take a look at the shirt and decide if you think that's really a good idea because it is a horror show and when you add in his beard it's really not something children should see, at least without strong parental guidance. All right, he's talking to his child now. I'm kind of oh, okay. We had him for a second. They left. I'll give you guys this update, and this is yet another reason Eric is a great father. He will be watching the Godfather trilogy with his son Jules, who's just arrived. He's screwed. Are you keeping this shit in? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what have you been saying? All good things. Uh, all, all good things. Well, he was I, supposed to bring something over that he totally forgot. So, some weed? No, I have no idea where the green felt is. You got to remove some of this shit. I don't, <laughs> I don't. Um, all right. No, so- look, I was, just, I was just letting them know that if they're going to be watching this interview with small children they might want to check it out first because of how terrifying your shirt is oh that's fair yeah look the the shirt uh look it was given to me by community cars community (laughs) is that how you got it yes (laughs) evan martin from community cars you're out of here all right julian's gone everybody hey let me ask you this yeah trying to have our children be as informed, cultured, broad-minded as possible. I need your your expert opinion on this. Is Eight Crazy Nights a good movie? 
too no too, okay because I mean, I'm just, like, no, it's not a good movie. <laughs> I bet you, there might have been something after that. Like, is it a good movie to blah, blah, blah? It's just not a good movie. Yeah. Well, is there a better movie to enlighten them on the wonders of Hanukkah? Yeah. Schindler's List. Oh, good. All right. Well, he's six. So I think that's the sweet spot for Schindler's List. Yeah, right? I go Schindler's List or Life is Beautiful with Roberto Benigni. Good, good. I, I mean, that's the Jewish experience. It's just despair and... <laughs> I mean, come on. That's why there's no good Hanukkah movies, because we don't know what to do about being joyful. Well, and it's not even like the most important holiday. Like, No, it's not. Yeah, get me a good Yom. I was just in this conversation with my, with my kids last night. Is there a killer Yom Kippur movie out there? No, I'm telling you, there's no good Jewish movies. Exodus is a good movie about the forming of Israel with uh, who's in that one. Paul Newman's in that. Well, how about this? We just binge watched every single Seinfeld episode. Yeah, that's good enough. That's about as close as you're going to get. And we are celebrating Festivus this year, so... There you go. Yeah, that's as close as you're going to get. There's not great Hanukkah songs. Like, every year, when you're a Jewish kid in this country and you're in a place that that has Jewish kids that, that grow up, you know, alongside Christian kids, and it's Christmas time, and the schools sing Christmas songs, they always throw in the token Jewish song, the token Hanukkah song, and I, I am not kidding. I would go to my kid's school and they would sing these beautiful Christmas songs. Christmas music is amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. And they would sing Little Drummer Boy and Oh Holy Night and Carol of the Bells and these amazing songs. And then they came to the Jewish song and it was like, we feel terrible. We are upset about everything. Our history sucks. Like, I mean, it. it was like, I couldn't, and I'm I'm exaggerating, but I I have to find the song. Are you ready for some of these lyrics? Sure. Light one candle for the Maccabee children with thanks that their light didn't die. First of all, you've got the word die in the first three, or first two lines. Light Mm -hmm. one candle for the pain they endured. Light one candle for this terrible sacrifice. Light one candle that this for the strength that we need to never become our own foe light one candle for those who are suffering pain we learned so long ago light one candle that anger not tear us apart and light one candle to find us together uh i, I mean these are the real words What's the commitment to those who have died that we cry out they've not died in vain? That's the lyrics to this song. Happy holidays. (laughs) (laughs) A good little trivia tidbit brought to me by my daughter was that a hundred plus years ago, Santa Claus, he'd wear green suits, blue suits, whatever suits. And then Coca-Cola came along and said, you know what? I think Santa should be in a red and white suit. Well, they're right. I mean, Coca-Cola was correct. Marketing geniuses. They said, we're going to put the fat man in a red and white suit. We're going to get them all coked up on our product. And we are going to take over. But that's, you know, that goes to show the whole capitalistic angle that Christmas has become since well before our lifetime. It's all interwoven to the point where you don't know okay is this something coke wanted us to do or was there a guy named saint nick in like an eastern european village doing this we don't know we don't know i I like the idea that at some point coca-cola will decide you know what 
I think we're losing ground to, you know, Hana Kahari and, uh, and Elf on the Shelf. And uh, we're going to have to change it up. And they're going to put him in a different outfit. It's going to fail miserably. <laughs> new Santa. Just like new, it's going to be new Santa. <laughs> and they'll have to scrap it and go back to the old one. Um, all right, look, we went totally off the rails, but that's okay. What I was saying before my son came over and interrupted us. So um, rude. So rude. Uh, shout out to Julian, though. I love him more than anything. Uh, is that we thought the bucket game was going to be last week and we had the perfect guy to talk to us coming off the heels of smashing Turdue. But that didn't happen. But guess what? It turns out it's the perfect guy to have talk about IU football and a little basketball because he is simply, and I don't want to give too much away, the best athlete to possibly ever be at Indiana University. As far as we know, the greatest athlete to ever attend Indiana University. If anybody out there has some other nominations, you know, would love to hear it. Be good. Get a little Twitter uh, Peaks well, you know Forum debate gonna going. Hmm. We're going to hear Mark Spitz. We're going to hear. We're going to hear Lily King. You know, I mean, we're going to hear some. There's going to be some people that that you know will. But from a from a pure speed, agility, athletic, raw athletic ability, and the ability to perform at the highest level in the most demanding sports, we have wanted this guy since the day we decided to start doing interviews. And I'm just so excited to let people hear part one. I'm excited to let people see part one that's right make sure you go if you want to check it out you have to be a pigs premium subscriber and you will get the video ladies and gentlemen boys and girls you know what we do here on this show we often talk to iu basketball players occasionally a coach sometimes somebody uh, involved with football never have we talked to somebody involved with iu baseball but in today's <laughs> guests we're going to talk to somebody who played IU football, IU basketball, and IU baseball. Eric, you got to take the rest of it from here. I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I, I don't even know where to begin with this guy. How about hailing from Riverdale, Illinois? He attended Thornton Township High School. He's first team All-American. He went to Indiana University where, I don't know, he became the first player ever to pass and run for 40 touchdowns. Not at Indiana, first player ever. First player in college football ever. The first one, the first player ever to amass 2,500 yards each of his four years. Big 10 freshman of the year. All Big 10, 1999, 2000, 2001. Big 10 MVP and Big 10 offensive player of the year. Second all-time in passing yards, second all-time in rushing yards, number one all-time in total yards, and it's not even close. They could change. <laughs> they could change eligibility to give people eight years at Indiana, and they still wouldn't break this guy's records. He then went on to be drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, where all he did there was win him a Super Bowl, where he threw a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Signed with the Washington Redskins, was first was was an all pro in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to, I'm just gonna say it, the greatest athlete who ever came through Indiana University. Please welcome our classmate, Antoine Randall <laughs> L. That is cool. Uh, I do appreciate that. Um uh, 
I try to shy away from that. I was going to shy away from it. <laughs> but you I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Oh, well, you can't shy away from it on this one, buddy. This is like, I mean, this is, this show was established so we could do things like that. Um, <laughs> when you hear all of those things, when you think back at your playing days, both at Indiana and, and beyond, but specifically Indiana, and by the way, I didn't even mention, obviously, played for Bobby Knight, like Ward said, played for IU Baseball. What sticks out to you is like, the achievement or the moment or the game, something from your IU career, what really stands out to you? Um, I guess the, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me really looking back on it now and have matured from, you know, from playing those days, a lot of it, we could say the games, uh, we could say the games we won and how we won them. Uh, the times playing with coach Knight and all those great stories, uh, times with uh, Coach Bob Morgan, uh, who I still talk to to this day. Like it's, uh, we could talk about all that different stuff, but I think uh, what really comes down is, uh, and people are gonna say, ah, that's it. But it really comes down to the relationships, man. Um, the relationships I built in college, mm-hmm. uh, the players, uh, the staff, um, even the admin office. I'm still in contact with those people, um, and and like we like we talk <laughs> we talk. I just talked to uh, Scott D- uh, Dawson not too long ago uh, here, here here recently. Just just chatting it up because I you know football is doing great. Uh, yeah. I always get a chance to talk to Coach Allen. So it's like those relationships that you get um, and you just continue to build on, and it, it just doesn't stop. Cam Cam Cameron is not there anymore, but he brought me there. Right, uh, be able to be uh, again, give me a shot at playing quarterback, and that's all I really wanted was that shot. Um, so he. So that relationship, uh, uh, Matt Bomba, who's my strength and conditioning coach, who I'm still in contact with him and, and his wife and their kids, and we communicate. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like the relationships that I got from college and that I continue to have. And again, we're talking about the admin, the coaching staff. I talked to Marty Fine the other day. <laughs> right. Like I'm right on down the line. Um, and it's just from that standpoint of the relationship that I've built uh, the people that I met, people I hung out with, and then not even not to mention the players. I mean, me and Levron, who would yeah. still connect. It's just it's just a matter of just those relationships that I built. That's what I take from from IU. It gave me uh, um, some stability. Obviously, being there four and a half years because I registered my four, my first year, uh, graduated in four years, and had that fifth year to continue to other things. So. Uh, that's what I take from it. it. It was great. I enjoyed it. Um, you take away. Uh, I take away a lot from those things, not just the the athletics, but but those relationships and uh, being able to you know continue those since I've left the school. Well, I think it warms all of our hearts to hear that you're in communication with Tom Allen, because this is truly extraordinary. What's going on right now? Can you talk a little bit about? what you know about coach, what you've been seeing from what he's doing with this beloved program of ours? Well, I think what, when you talk about coach Allen, you just talk about, you think about grit you think about the enthusiasm that he just, it permeates from him right to the team. And, and you can see it, you see it on the sideline, you see it, you hear it in his voice when you talk to him, you hear it when you talk to hear him talk about IU and, and being there and, uh, and really his road to get there. Like it's a dream for him to be able to coach there. So, um, I think it's, it's, it's just good to see and to see now it's starting to come and come together uh, like never before uh, when it comes to 
uh, the offense, special teams, and defense uh, playing a, 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 a great part in all these wins that they've, that they've been able to uh, accomplish uh, thus far. Um, and, and again, and, and we always say, you know, uh, the last game is over. We've got to move forward to the next one. They're not done. Uh, and they've been uh, a university, an organization, a team that has, you know, had, has done real good uh, in terms of COVID and staying away and doing. Yeah. So you look at those things. Those are very positive things uh, in the midst of all, all that's going on. He's been able to manage all that, uh, him and the coaching staff. Uh, so it's, it's great. Uh, I, I just I like I love Tom. I talk to him. You know, every weekend I send him a message. He sends me a message. So we're in communication. I just I love to see uh, us us win and win in the way that the fashion that we're winning. You know, and it's and, and I think it's it's great because uh, again we need it. IU needs it, and, and it's happening. So it's good. Well, let's take a step back uh, and talk about your journey uh, that got you to Indiana. Yeah. So uh, obviously, growing up in Illinois. You clearly played every sport that has ever been created, but um, obviously football became the one that took you, you know, to the professional ranks, but you know, you came to a fork in the road that had several roads you could have gone. You chose football. Let's start with football. How did you first get introduced to the game of football and fall in love with it? Uh, Six years old. Uh, Pops, um, uh, Pops wanted to make sure we were involved in activities like his, his, thinking behind it was, hey, you got school. Uh, after you get out of school, if you don't have practice right away, you're going to come home and do your homework, and then you're going to go to practice or vice versa. If you got practice, you go to practice. After you got out of practice, do your homework. And after that, it was eat, lights out. Like, that was our – that's what it was for us. And he kept us on that uh, that strict path. Uh, and it was it was good for us because that's all we really needed, you know, be honest with you, because we fell in love with ball. And it didn't matter if it was, you know, football, basketball, baseball, uh, all you name them all. We we tried just about all of them. Uh, but those three were the ones that we really uh, enjoyed. And football uh, was introduced at six years old. I mean, we played tackle football at six years old. I know <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> my kid, my, my, my boy, is six, my youngest uh, child is six. And uh, he's asking to play. And I, I don't recommend it yet uh, for a six-year-old. But um, – in time, we'll see what that looks like in terms of him playing. But every day, it's uh, dad. Can you can we go out and play football practice? You know, so I'm, I'm taking him outside as much as I can and try to do that, uh, just as my dad did. Although we were part of an organization and a team, um, that's where it started for us. That's where it started. The, the um, you know playing and being a part of an organization for us to be able to play football. So it started very early on. I I have to ask because. We're about the same age, and I fell in love with the game of the uh, football with the 1985 Chicago Bears. <laughs> was it was it, were I would say? Do you remember when that team came out and everything they were doing? And were you all fired up about that? Oh yeah, we remember that like never before. And but of course, my dad was over the top with it, uh, <laughs> trying to do the shuffle, and it was all <laughs> everything you can imagine is what we. We, we was doing, we were trying to sing the songs and everything, love the fridge. I love Dennis Gentry, all the guys, Richard Dent, all those guys uh, for me were big. And obviously uh, Walter Payne, it was, for us, it was, it was huge. Uh, but to, um, I look, look back on it now, I always talk about it now, just in terms of the defense, <laughs> that defense was crazy. <laughs> uh, so we always it talk was scary. I remember that scary. defense scared me. I mean, Singletary's eyes, Singletary's Richard Dent, eyes, terrifying. Yeah, Richard Dent. <laughs> I mean, those guys were just terrifying. 
Yeah, and, and, and to see them, you know, play the way they played, you know, brought it home. And it was like, you always talk about uh, continuity, togetherness as a team, and that's what you saw in them. Like, they had fun. That You could see that they had fun playing the game. Uh, in the cold, it did not matter. Like, they had fun doing it, and, and it showed up on the field. So, yeah, I grew up watching that. That was always great. Uh, and um, years ago, uh, years ago when they had Rex and they got back to the Super Bowl, I was cheering them on. Didn't work out, but to see that team, that defense yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, uh, be able to get back and to to see them get back to the Super Bowl, uh, not pulling off, winning it uh, from that standpoint. But it was great to see, and I'm cheering them on. You know, <laughs> so, as a as a Colts fan, I was on the other side of that one. But you know, but you yeah, know, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. I, and people always say when when it, when it came time, well, who are you cheering for? I, I got to cheer for my home team. I don't yeah, know. It's, yeah. it's hard, but I got to cheer for my home team, you know, and, and if they were playing, um, you know, it don't matter who else they were playing, Chicago would be first. You know, now if Indy was playing somebody different, then obviously it would have been Indy, you know, so that's what, it, that's what it came down to. So I watched your uh, induction speech into the Indiana university hall of fame from several yeah. years ago. And you talked about how, you know, obviously because of your, your height, that, that you were constantly told you're too small to do that. You're too small to do this. And it was very important for you to be different. You wanted to be a different kind of player. And I think people think about your game now and like, oh yeah, he was this guy who like eluded tackles and scrambled all over the place. But the truth is there weren't many of those kind of players back then when you were doing it, you really ushered in an era where people tried to emulate you. Where did that come from? Like, how did that develop? Well, a lot of it came from just from home. And, and when I say home, and home and being in a lot of, you know, activities. And we played, you know, it and tag all the time. And I was never it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that was a, it was just, a, that was a lot of it. So it was, and then you coupled that with, you know, you know, I grew up in playing popcorn or football. I only played quarterback. I never played. They put me a wide receiver sometimes. That was cool. Uh, but it wasn't something I wanted to do. You know, it was just your athlete, you put you out there, you go out and do it, and it, it, and it was good. Uh, but it wasn't something I wanted to do. And, that you know, quarterback was my deal. So to be able to throw and, 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 and be accurate. And, and then at, from that standpoint, you know, now you can do everything off of it. Uh, I, so I, I don't I, – I enjoyed – having that opportunity, you know, if pocket's breaking down to go make a play or call runs just as we did so many times, because it wasn't as if we couldn't do it or I couldn't do it. You know, we call it, let's dial it up, let's go. We can do it. Uh, so that's what uh, I, I think it just came from like the, the activities of, Hey, I am not, I do not want to get, and then I don't, I didn't, I didn't like getting tackled. <laughs> I did not. It hurts. I did not like getting tackled. And then sometimes I had to, I had to kind of like, you know, all right, you got to concede. They got you go down. Cause I had to learn that because for me, it was like, well, I'm going to just run around all the way back over here until they, <laughs> yep, they not over. I'm run back over this other side. And then you start figuring out, all right, you got to pick, pick your poise and when to do that. Because as you get older and you play from, you know, from Pop Warner to high school to college, uh, even in the pros, like, these cats are fast. Yeah. <laughs> Can't keep doing it all the time. So, but it was good. It, it, that's where it came from for the most part, uh, just being involved with those activities. And again, just not, just not just wanting to get tackled. Not wanting how, to be- how much of it was running away from your brothers? 
Like were your brothers trying to tackle you and put you in the ground and they just could never get, cause if I was your brother, you would, I would hate you because <laughs> I would want to tackle you and I would never be able to. And it would drive me insane. Well, my bro, my older, my younger brother had no chance. He was six years old. <laughs> he had no chance. My older brother, he just, that, that wasn't what he's going to do. But what he was going to do, he was going to make sure I was on his team <laughs> in, any, in any capacity we had. Like, and for me, he was my older brother. So everything he did, he, I played with him. And he would always play against older kids himself. So when I'm playing mm-hmm. with him, I'm playing with cats three, four years older than me. So that helped me develop on a whole yeah. other scale. And I'm out there, you know, really doing well against guys that are, you know, uh, two or three, four years older than me. Uh, so my older brother kind of helped me, helped me to that. Uh, and then the other thing was I had an older brother and because you got an older brother, you can get away with some stuff. <laughs> I would, I would get in, get in some trouble and I would take off running and hide behind my older brother. <laughs> So it was it was it was some it was some uh some uh some 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 goodness to having an older brother who you knew uh was gonna take care of you and you know he would he was who he was and nobody was going nobody knew not to mess with Kurt <laughs> so so I knew I could I can get away with some stuff I just had to make sure I get over by him <laughs> yeah well now clearly uh your older brother factors into this decision but can you take yeah. us through this seminal moment in your life where You've been drafted by the Chicago Cubs. You've got a bunch of colleges that want you to come play for them, but not necessarily as quarterback. And then you have your older brother uh, plays for IU. Coach Cam is there. How, how did you go about getting recruited by Cam specifically? And how did you make your way through all those possibilities and decide Bloomington was the way to go? Well, I guess we got to go back a bit. Um, so when my brother came out, uh, he, he had a bunch of choices to go uh, to go to. Uh, he really liked Indiana. Um, he didn't want to go super far away. Before a four hours drive was was good enough, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he's okay. So that's what it was. Okay, let's do that. And so he he went there. And then um, for me coming out, every I could I could go basically any school I wanted to go to, uh, east, west, north, south. It didn't matter. Uh, but like you said, nobody, um, there was only a few schools that was really going to give me the opportunity to play quarterback. Uh, and those two schools was Ohio University uh, and Indiana University. Now, mind you, Indiana University at the time was wanting me to come there, but they weren't really keen on me playing quarterback. Hmm. That was, uh, that's when Coach Mallory was there, um, who was another great individual did great things at IU uh loved them love how he treated my brother and love the respect uh, always gave him respect and, and love the respect that he had for those who came to IU even after he was gone sure. um, great times spent great times with him um so when but when I came uh my whole thing I had already com- I had committed to Ohio University which a lot of people didn't know mm-hmm. uh, and that was because they were the team that said, I can play quarterback. Like you are going to be our quarterback. Like we are going to halt bringing in other quarterbacks because you are going to be our guy. And that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to, to hear. Like somebody really wanted me to come in and run their show. Um, so when that happened, that was cool. Uh, around that time, um, or maybe even before, uh, Coach Cam had got the job at Indiana University. <clears throat> and he had got the job. And that was, for me, it was like, well, 
yeah, that's cool. He's a new guy. I don't really know who he is, but I know he's got this NFL mentality. He's going to try to throw the ball everywhere. He's got this crazy mind of offense and blah, blah, blah. For me, going to Indiana and Bill Mallory, even if the opportunity for quarterback was there, the offense was not what I wanted to be in. More old school. It was, it was more old school. It was run, run, play, action, pass. Like, you knew what was coming. Um, and for me, that was just not – I couldn't – I couldn't live in, in that in that system. So that was always so Indiana was out until Cam came in. And then as all this is kind of taking place, I get drafted uh by the Chicago Cubs. And I'm like, um no, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's back. This is uh, I, 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 I'm already at IU. So let me go back. So uh, that happened with Ohio University. Cam comes in and he has a, we sit down and I find some of this out later. I find out he called um my uh, he called my head coach at Bill Moselle, who actually lives down here in Florida, where I am now. Um, uh, he called my head coach at uh, Thornton High School and said, um, "You know, we want to get a. Uh, I want you to put together or send me a highlight tape of Antoine's plays." <laughs> and, and I found this out later. I'm not to my horn, but my head coach told him, "You know, put together highlights. Just pick a game." <laughs> <laughs> that was, I thought that was pretty cool, and I found that out later. So I, I didn't it's know. It's a good line. They told me that later, and it was pretty cool to hear. But Cam told me. Cam said, you will have a legitimate shot to come play ball at a Big Ten school. He said, I'm going to give you that that shot, you know, to play um, quarter, I mean, a quarterback um, at Indiana University. Uh, and we, we talked about it. I, I you know – Buck Sewer is another guy who was involved, who was mm-hmm. really, really instrumental in that that whole process. Um, so I, I, again, when when that time came and I got the green light to go to Indiana or that they were going to give me a shot, I was like, okay. Then I had to then I had to just weigh weigh the options when it came to Ohio University, uh, the MAC versus Big Ten. Obviously, Big Ten win from that standpoint and that opportunity to play. Um, at Indiana University and then we had the discussion about you know yeah if I go there I can also play two sports you know um, and basketball was definitely one of them had a chance to talk to coach Knight you know yeah, tell our, us about that tell please. us how that comes in that was that was that was different because and when I say different I mean like I knew who coach Knight was but I didn't really know who coach Knight was <laughs> <laughs> like I knew but I didn't know he was like Coach Knight was off the chain. <laughs> when I say off the chain, like he come out on the court in between those lines. You better make sure you have your shoes laced up and you got a lather going because he is ready to start practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I learned that very early on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I but having a chance to talk to him again, another green light. Uh, we've seen you play in high school. We know what it looks like. Uh, Yes, no question. And with that being said, we're going to have you come down and, and play in the summer. And I ended up doing that, you know, so I came down and played in the summer. So all this, all these green lights were going on. So once I committed, all that stuff happened for me to be able to come down and play, uh, play ball in the summer. Um, and then, then the draft comes around, right? So I'm committed to IU. <laughs> I'm committed to IU and uh, my brother's excited. My family's excited. This is where we're going. And then the scout comes, <laughs> knocks on the door, or, or they're calling. Uh, and he came to the house and sat down. My mom and dad said, 
we've seen this kid, we came out, because they came to my games and things like, different scouts had come to the game. Uh, and he said, you know, we're going to draft him. Uh, are you going to let him go? And, and they were like, let him go. It, it was like, yeah, he would leave. He would be with the team. You know, he would uh, start off. We actually were starting in, uh, I was start, starting in AAA, which was, wow, it doesn't normally happen. What position were you? I was going to be playing. They wanted to start me at second base. Okay. Uh, because they felt my arm was strong, but it wasn't as strong as so many other guys. It didn't quite, it wasn't over the mark. You had guys that were, I forget what they clock at 80 or whatever the numbers are from that center field wall. Um, yeah, and then they, because they start you in right field, how you throw it, or left field, and how you throw it in. But whatever it was, it wasn't up to par, but I was so quick and so fast, they thought shortstop and second base would be great um, because I played some of that in high school as well. All right, so anyway, the guy says we're going to draft him. They, they said, yeah, well, we'll let him go. Go ahead. This is, this is great. I guess they thought this really wasn't going to happen. <laughs> uh, so we got drafted in the 14th round, um, and they said uh, they, that was whatever day the draft was. It was a couple of days later they called and said, hey, yeah, uh, you guys going to let him go? He's got to leave Saturday. <laughs> wow. And they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, we prayed about it, and you know, we're going to let him, we, we want him to go to school and get his degree. The scout was livid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he had came and sat down. We had these conversations. He was in communication with us. It wasn't as if he did not know uh, or, or we didn't know what was going on. And I was livid, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, I wanted to play professional ball. And I didn't care if it was basketball, baseball, football. It didn't matter. Whatever came first, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play ball. That was my dream to play professionally. Um, growing up watching the Chicago Cubs, WGN, this is this is it. It can't get no bigger than this. This is, Let's do it. <laughs> well, it could. Um, it could. If you were playing for the St. Louis Cardinals, it would be better. But no, I, we no. will, I'll no, leave no. that alone. No, no, no. I'll leave yeah, that yeah, alone. We're just going to – we're just going to – we're going to bleep that out of the conversation. <laughs> Yeah, that, we're we're talking Andre Dawson, Ryan Sandberg. Oh, stop it, Mark stop Grace. It. Mark Gray. Yeah, 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 losing yeah, his right losing down, his right team, down losing his team ever. We can go to Lance Johnson. I mean, let's let's, let's <laughs> Leon see. Durham, Leon Durham. See you. See you're taking me back now. We got. I, know. I, I enjoy to even see and people don't people don't like to talk about Sammy. I love Sammy Sosa. <laughs> right. So listen, it's so I had an opportunity to see all see all of them play growing up. This is what sure. we watched. Like WGN mm -hmm. was on our TV all the time. Um, so, and, and we grew up on the South side, you know, so people oh, wow. like, you're not a Sox fan. Nope, sure not. <laughs> We're Cubs fans. So, so getting drafted from there was very exciting. Uh, so I was upset too. Uh, and I, uh, and at the time I was a partial qualifier at Indiana University. Right. I could, I could practice with the team, but I could not travel with the team. On game days, I had to sit in the stands. Mm. So, and then when I got there uh, for training camp, they had a traveling training camp, if you can remember, uh, mm. with Coach Cam. They had a traveling training camp, and I could not travel, as I just said. So, wow. I was sitting in the dorm room like this here. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the dorm room, holding my head, and I'm sitting here thinking I could be somewhere playing baseball right now. And, and your parents had to sign off on that? 
They had, yeah, that's right. They and I could not because I was 17 at the time, so I couldn't got make the decision. And were you uh, pleading with your parents? Were you like, you got to let me do this? Were you trying? Well, I didn't to get- talk to them for like three months. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they, they were calling down to the school. I wasn't answering. They came down, and then they finally saw me. I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> now I look back on it. Obviously, later yeah. you look back on it, you see, hey, they made the, they made the perfect decision. Uh, for me in my life during that time at 17 that I the decision that I really wanted to make and go play baseball but they made the decision for me to go uh, not to go play football their focus was me going to get my degree that's what I was going to ask did they make the decision not because they thought you had a better future in athletics and other sports but because they thought this was a better path for you from a maturity and education standpoint that's exactly right they figure they knew exactly like they they knew Antoine Rendell and they knew <laughs> that he was he was not ready for to be on the road to be traveling to be in a, be able to do all this stuff right away and um and they they just said no that that was wow. it and again I I think I think for them they thought he's not gonna get drafted <laughs> like, not gonna draft him right <laughs> and when it happened it just it was it was. It was real. Like it, it did happen. Here he is. And uh, but they told me, hey, they told me I couldn't go. Told the scout no, and, and, and sent me to school. Uh, and again, got my degree in four years. Love it. Sports communication, specialization in broadcasting. Yes, yeah. we can tell. Yeah. So I enjoyed that time. And uh, and, and and again, uh, don't don't regret any of that. Uh, just really enjoyed. Excuse me, my time to, uh, being at IU and and even. The, the structure of it again they knew i i needed structure i i playing in mlb i, I can see early on out of been out of been messed Wait, up so where did you <laughs> when you get to bloomington your first year when you were you were the partial eligible where yeah. did you live what dorm were you in do you remember i stayed in mcnutt yeah 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 there you yeah. go um, right on, that on 17th feet right, right on feet Oh, oh, feet, feet, yeah, right, and then seventeenth runs across like yeah, on the other side of Disco Brisco, yeah. That's the right. There you go, yeah, yeah. You you know that they they had to shut down McNutt because of black mold. There's like mold throughout it. Yeah, it's yeah. very sad. <laughs> See if you can get some of that lawsuit money. Oh, really? No. Um, what was your what was your initial impression of Bloomington? What I mean, we obviously Bloomington is our favorite place in the world. So, what what did you think of it when you got there and had to like live on your own for your first time? Well, I, I have to be honest with you, it was white, <laughs> very white for me. Listen, you got and, and people say what? Like that's your response? Yes. When yeah. I got to Bloomington, you got to remember we grew up in a bubble, so to speak. Like we went to African American church. Yep. We went to school where it was mostly African Americans. I don't think I think we had. Maybe about six players on our football team. They're white guys. Linemen, probably the linemen. Uh, for the most part, yeah. yeah. <laughs> baseball, baseball. We had 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 a bit more white guys. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so growing up, growing up, this is what I knew. Uh, so got to Indiana, and it was different. Yeah, sure. And I, and even from a, I just didn't, I just didn't get it. I, I didn't get it right away. And even growing up, like, like. I, I talked about church uh, because I thought I thought living for Christ. I thought that was just for black folk. I didn't know. Right. 
I had no sure. idea. I grew up in this. I thought it was just, and then I got down to Indiana University. I was walking down the, <laughs> I was walking down to, uh, get ready to go to class. One guy and this white guy walked by me. He said, man, you going to come to, uh, you gonna come to our Bible study, our chapel. I looked at him like, what do you know about God? <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, uh, he took me, uh, we, I went there and I was blown away. Like I, cause I had never saw that. I had never saw all these different races just, you know, glorifying God from that standpoint. So that was different for me. Uh, and but also, on, Antoine, but also, yeah. there is a big difference between a white church and a black church. No question. <laughs> like no I, question. I, from, I, from every, it's just, it's just different. It's just different. And again, again, it's the most segregated, segregated day in America, right? Sunday. But at the same time, it's, it's just different. And it has nothing to do with the Bible. It just has to do with your upbringing, your, what, what you come to know, uh, so to speak, like the, the, the music and the way the music is played. It's just totally different. Was it, it hard for you to make friends in this just totally new environment where you are now for the first time in your life really experience what it's like to be a minority? Initially, it was. Yeah. Initially, it was. And again, it was because I, it was just new to me. Sure. But once I, once I, I knew, okay, all right. I, I can do this. These are people. They're just like us. <laughs> no different. No, they're, they're no different. Uh, and, it, and it was it was lights out after that. And then me with my personality, it was going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. Not, not the uh, wallflower type. So once you do get full eligibility, yeah. how long did it take for Coach Cameron to just hand you the keys to the offense and say, this is yours now? Or, or how did that process go? How did you earn that trust? Well, after um, being there after the first year, because my first year I had to practice. And because I practiced, I played, I couldn't play in the game. So I was like the practice squad guy. I played quarterback. I played running black. I played wide receiver. They put me all over the field on offense to go against our defense. So I'm going up against, uh, Joey and Joe King. I'm going against all these different guys on defense, and I'm tearing them apart. <laughs> uh, and then they put me a quarterback. Obviously, to run run scout team offense on quarterback, especially if they played a team that that was a, had had a running quarterback or that did some of that. So it was very, 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 very different. Uh, so they had a chance to see me in action in practice every day and that was the kept secret of we got this guy that is going to be dynamic next year and sure enough we got to the spring game uh played the spring game I did extremely well in the spring game um and after the spring game which nobody knew but after the spring game they told me you're going to be our starting quarterback wow what'd that feel like for the most part everybody thought it was you know it was it was told uh once we got to um uh September and training camp but I, 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 I already knew, so I operated in that sense of no, trying to figure it out. Uh, and I got to give kudos uh, or props to Jay Rogers, who at the time was the starting quarterback the years before. And he like, he, he, he had to show me some stuff because some stuff I just didn't know, I didn't really get it. And he showed me that. So that was good. And, and, and it, took a, it took a while, again, that trusting, again, that process of being able to trust him and him trust me and me me figuring out okay he he is for me he ain't just trying to tell me stuff to try to get back in the spot uh he was a, he was a guy that I trusted to try to help me over the hump uh but again it was he, hey you're our guy that green light again that we talked about earlier 
and I was ready to go. Uh, now, what's crazy is I broke my hand in the spring. I broke my wrist in the spring game mm. so all summer. I had uh, two pins in my hand with a cast all the way up to my uh, all the way up to my bicep. <laughs> so I couldn't I couldn't lift on it. They didn't want me running. I couldn't do any running because they didn't want the pins to be moving. So I had to do mm. everything on the bike until right before uh, training camp because I broke it in, in spring. So my legs were the strongest they had ever been because mm. that was the focus. I couldn't do I couldn't do bench press. I mean, my left bicep was bigger than my right, which is not <laughs> usual when you're right hand dominant. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was just different because I was in that cast for so long. Uh, but when I came out, I had to go through therapy and get that all worked out and get ready for camp. And it was, and then camp started. It was, it was, it was lights out. I was ready to go starting that first game against Western Michigan. Or well, Central. like I was going to say, like many college football players who take a little bit of time to uh, settle <laughs> in and learn how you're going to perform at this level. It obviously took you all of four seconds because in your first game ever, you throw. For 385 yards, three touchdowns, 22 of 29 passing, you rush for 82 yards on 23 carries. What in the for world? Three, for, for three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. For three touchdowns. <laughs> did you think after that game, this is easy? I did tell my brother that. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell him, I say, man, this is. And I was like, and I looked at him, he said, oh, it's going to get harder. Right. You know, and he kept it in perspective in terms of playing in the Big Ten and, and things of that nature. But I just told him, I said, man, this is fun. Like, I just wow. – and that's what, and that's how I try to play. I tried to play the game like I saw it growing up. Like, I saw the Bears playing, and it was fun to them. Like, it, when we played Pop Warner, we had fun. We yeah, but in- no one played the game like – I mean, look, Jim McMahon wasn't running around in the backfield like you were. Randall Cunningham was around then, but he he was more of like right. a straight speed runner. He wasn't a real whirling dervish like you. Was there anybody that you looked at, running back, quarterback, wide receiver, that you're like, I can do that? I have well, a guess. My guys, my guys growing up was Walter Payton, who was, who was big for me. Uh, Randall Cunningham was big for me. Brett Favre was huge. Wow. Mm. Uh, just because, again, the way he played the game, the fire. Fun. And fun. And then, uh, and then it was, and then it was um, Barry Sanders. That was going to be my guess. Yeah. That was the, that was the other one. Like, man, like they just didn't, first of all, they, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, they weren't going down. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't, you wasn't just tackling with one guy and you've seen so many times where three or four guys had them bottled up and they still came out of it. So I just remember that stuff vividly growing up. Uh, and then obviously Randall Cunningham had just had an unbelievable gun uh to throw the ball and when he wanted to he can get out of the pocket and ran the time that he didn't is when he had the acl and stuff like that right right trying to sit in the pocket uh but i i begin to understand that okay it's a time when you gotta you gotta get out of the pocket you gotta use that use your ability from that standpoint um so and then I, like i said brett Favre in terms of his just the, the his the energy he brought when he made a play you saw the excitement in it and totally. that's totally about the game you make plays you, and it's just infectious. It go right down to your team and stuff like that. So I, I, those are the guys I watched. So Ward and I were both students at the time of this game. We were both at that game. We didn't know each other. We weren't. We didn't know that we were at each other's with the game. Right. Let me say that again. We didn't know that we were <laughs> at the game together, but we were there. I did not major in sports broadcasting, obviously. <laughs> so 
I re- I remember that game and thinking, this is a guy who, you know, when you're at Indiana back then, you really weren't following the football program. You know, I mean, the only big news was that Mallory was gone and we had this guy, Cam Cameron. Right. But I remember that moment was like, oh my God, we have a superstar. And you went from not that many people knowing you to immediately being a superstar. Did you feel that as just a young kid? And what was that like? Well, I felt it. um, But again, when you say I felt it, but for me, like, I, I, I go back to Pop Warner football. Like, yeah, it's on a different stage in college, but we won national championships. Like we traveled, wow, Atlanta. We traveled all over playing Pop Warner, and we won three. We went four times and won three. We lost one. We lost to a team out of Jacksonville one year. Oh no, the team was not uh, out of Jacksonville. We played in Jacksonville, and I mean they let us have it, and they were bigger and stronger, and we knew we had a fight on our hands. But they 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 beat us. But that was for us, me and my brother growing up, like we had experienced that. And then we got in high school. I played in three um, state titles, uh, well, two state titles, um, and in basketball, okay, and then lost both of them, and and then and had went down state all the years, and every year we lost to the same team, Peoria Emanuel. Oh every, yeah, mm, lost to them every year in, in basketball, and then in football, um, we had a we we went undefeated one year, lost our <laughs> first round of playoffs to Thornwood, which is unheard of, uh, and that's when they had. Uh, Good Mike Gooden, I think Mike Shots. I can't remember his name, but it, at any rate, we we did that, and then we got into the playoffs on my senior year, and we're beating the brakes off everybody, and we got cheated. Uh, we had eight touchdowns called back. It was ridiculous. Wow, six, six touchdowns called back. It was ridiculous playing against Lincoln Way at the time. Uh, now Lincoln Way is uh, Lincoln Way East, Lincoln Way. I think they got like three or four different schools, but at, at the time it was one school. Um, so we had so I experienced winning. I knew what that was like. And and basketball, football, baseball wasn't as good in high school, but we beat one of the top teams in home with Flossmore, who was ranked uh, nationally that year. We beat them in the playoffs and end up getting beaten in the in the third round. But but again, this is we, I'm experiencing winning. So getting to Indiana when that happened, it was like, oh yeah, this is I, I can do this. And then that fame, I have my brother there to kind of keep me humble. That's smart. Uh, that, like that's important because you could have gone crazy. Yeah, he was he was that. That uh, that that neutralizer for me, like you know, and, and and then for me, I also like mom and dad were. We came from a home where you you keep your head, you 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 be you have some modesty about yourself. You you stay humble from that standpoint, regardless of what happened. And that was always the conversation. Uh, and I got it. I understood that. Uh, but at the same time, from a competing standpoint, I was gonna push my teammates. I didn't care who you were where you came from, how many all-stars, I mean, how many four-star, five-star, it did not matter. I was going to push you and see if you really what what they say you are, you know. Wow. And that was my focus. If I can come in and push everybody around me, we we got to get better. We we got to win. We we got to be. And that, and that was my focus. So after that first game, it was like, all right, I want some more. Okay, let's do it. Wow. <laughs> it was exciting for sure. Well, you 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 did it all year. And, and you won Big Ten Freshman of the Year, to nobody's surprise. But this is jumping ahead a little bit. But but years later, 
that award you won as a freshman would end up being named after you and Minnesota legend Daryl Thompson, now right. the, the his son now playing basketball for Indiana University race. Awesome. What was your reaction when you found out they were co-naming the Big Ten Freshman of the Year award after you? I was I was shocked. I was like, whoa. I was obviously very appreciative. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and then like the first time they had it. Uh, I had a, I had an opportunity to uh, like be there and and give and uh, give it out like it was it was it was so cool I couldn't even it was so cool and very appreciative I'm glad they did it I'm thankful they did it um, and yeah did they it, call it was, you did somebody call you and go hey we'd like to name this after you you okay with that they they did have to get to agree for us to do it um, and I, I was obviously I was cool with it <laughs> <laughs> all right so. The season ends, by the way, the season had some highlights. By the year before we lost to Iowa, I believe 62 to nothing. Yeah, and they then, had um I forget the they had a really good running back and a punt returner that was off the chain. They were they were really good that year. They were. And yeah. you beat them that year. Your first year, you beat them the first time in NCA history. By the way, your nickname, I know you had nicknames like Squirrel and Rabbit, and we'll get to another one, but your real nickname should be first time ever. That really should be your nickname because it's so many things. And I really look at your career, just a quick tangent, as you're the guy that ran the four-minute mile first. Like before somebody ran the four-minute mile, no one could do it. And then someone ran the four-minute mile and it broke this psychological barrier and other people were able to do it. You did things that no one even thought were possible. 40 touchdowns running, 40 touchdowns passing, 2,500 yards all four years, 7,000 yards passing, 3,500 yards rushing. And once you did it, it like gave rise to people like Lamar Jackson years later. And people looked at you. It is, it's stunning. But I want to get to the football season ends and now you go over to play some basketball. And an old teammate of yours, Michael Lewis, who is a friend of ours, said to me to tell you, just ask him what it was like to come to a sport that was just too physical for him. Oh, don't even try. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now, now I will say this. um, uh, That's one thing Coach Knight made sure he made sure they were in the weight room. So it was no, it was no, uh, no half stepping from that standpoint. And Mike and Mike made sure you know, whoever came on the court knew that he was jacked and ready to go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, Mike is something else. I, I love going against him, and it was different for me because he was a lefty. Right. Uh, so that was a little different guarding him. Uh, but it was but it was fun. It, it was really fun because I had opportunity. Again, this was my opportunity showing up campus, showing up um, um, at the facility. And, hey, I, I just left football, but I can play basketball. I can just pick it up and go. Like that's how I felt. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, let's take a couple weeks. No, let's, I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't have no injuries. You know, Cam already gave me the green light to go play. I'm gone. And I, and I, and that's what I went and did. I went and hit the court right away. And it was exciting. You know, it was ex- extremely fun, uh, especially the first year. And I say fun because it, uh, it, for a lot of reasons, because the first year I, I was still a partial qualifier. And uh, I, so I couldn't play. But it just—I broke my hand again uh, mm-hmm. in that in that in that season uh, in, in practice. I, I, I my hand got caught in—I uh, don't know if it was AJ's jersey or somebody—and it snapped my finger back and broke that bone. Ooh. Oh, uh, 
Now I broke it and they put this, this certain kind of cast on. So in about three weeks, I was shooting again. <laughs> wow. Man, and Cam is just, I mean, he's on fire. But I'm like, coach, what am I supposed to do? Just can't sit around, you know, not do nothing. So anyway, <laughs> I did I, I did that. And then the next year came back and played again as well. So it was it was just really, it was just, it was fun to leave that one sport and go right over here and play basketball. Like and, I had the energy to do it and I wanted to do it. And wh- when you got thrown into your first Big Ten game, was there a moment of like, whoa, these these dudes are big. Like you've been on the gridiron with big dudes, but these guys are they're tall now. Like it was there was there a moment of whoa, I kind of gotta reacclimate to the kind of top athletes I'm around now? Cause this this was not your high school basketball team anymore. Well, it wasn't my high school basketball team, but you gotta remember my high school basketball who who I played high school ball with. Um yeah, some studs. Melvin Eli. And Went to Fresno State and played, I think, 13, 15 years in the NBA. Um, Eric Herring, who was 6'5", <laughs> who was our shooting guard at the time, um, uh, he went to Bowling Green um, and then went to George Mason. Didn't play in, didn't play in the pros. I think he played overseas a little bit. Uh, and, then I, and then I had Napoleon Harris, who was also the starting linebacker for us um, on our football team, who was drafted in the first round mm. to go play with the Oakland Raiders. Um, and so, so I was around that, that caliber of athlete height, weight, whatever you want to call it in, in high school. So it wasn't new to me, mm-hmm. you know, these guys were bigger, but it was just like, I've been throwing alley-oops to my six eleven guy, my six, five guy, my six, four guy, Napoleon Harris, all that's, that's what we did, you know? So it wasn't as if, you know, this is new to me, although we wasn't throwing too many alley-hoops with coach Knight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that that's just what I, I was used to that. So it wasn't uh, a shock or a surprise or anything like that. I got a lot of stuff in high school that kind of helped me to get me, got me ready for that. Even when it came to football, when I came out, we had, we, when I left and went, went to college, we had, I think seven guys went division one, um, and five or six wow. other ones went to D- division two. So we had a, a lot of guys come out of our high school who played, you know, division one ball. So it wasn't a shock on either level, uh, from that standpoint. Well, the level of athlete was clearly not a shock, but the level of coach had to be. Yeah. You are now talking about, you know, uh, uh, the best coach of all time in, in, in college basketball and an intimidating presence. I heard and Ward heard a story that was shared to us that you got into kind of a fun altercation with him about the sneakers being too heavy. Do you well, remember this? I- so I had a conversation with him about we were wearing Converse. Right. <laughs> and I don't even know if I need to say more. But at the time, Converse really wasn't making a good shoe. You know, it really wasn't it really wasn't it at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing now, but that wasn't I wasn't what I was used to. I was used to Nike. Right. <laughs> I wore some Reebok, but Nike was the deal, and I had to get used to it. And they were heavy, you know, opposed to the Nike shoes I wore in, in high school, the Nike shoes that we um, that I that I was used to. So I got over the basketball, and I and I was unaware of this. Like I didn't know until I got over there. Like uh, we got we have to wear these shoes. Like we we can't wear our own. Shoes. <laughs> so I so so we had that conversation and. Coach Knight made uh, he made he said something about um, something along the lines of 
Nike is like, uh, what do you see? It's like the, the whore or something. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got to have them. Everybody wants them or something like that. We're not going to be like that or something. I was just like, ah, okay. I didn't. And for me, I'm just getting over there. I'm not getting any rough in these feathers. Let me go and put these Converse on. <laughs> but it was, but it was, that was, that was strange. And when he talked to you, you know, he talked to you and he tapped you in the back of your head with the ring and he had that big ring on his finger. So it's just like, you kind of, your head's kind of going forward as he's talking to you, you know? And I'm like, coach, like, I'm from Chicago, man. You can't keep hitting me a meal type of head like this. <laughs> <laughs> but Did that you... dude, was, he was something else because on the on the court, he was lights out. Like, I want to, he's going to get the best out of you. You better be ready to go because this is my team and this is how we do it. When practice was over, he was a whole different dude. He was like the dude you can shoot the breeze with. You know, you can go to the movies, hang out. You can you talk about his mama. He's gonna talk about your mama. That type of <laughs> thing. It was just he was he was that cool dude off the court. You can go to his office huh. and talk to him. But when he was on the court, it was just like it was like a switch, like ding, and let's go. Be did ready you, to roll. Did you learn anything from being around Coach Knight for the couple years that you were that you were able to take over to? being as good of a football player as you were and ended up becoming yeah not just football but life you know like just yeah. just from that that aspect of like if, if you're going to be here if you're going to do this like I need your best every time um and I already had that I, I had that in me no question but he just kind of he kind of drilled it home like this is what is expected of you this is like I, we had one practice where I mean, we couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't make a basket enough. And then we would turn the ball over. He went over there, took the Gatorade coolers, took them and whoosh, threw them in the middle of the floor, threw three of them. And then um, uh, said, you know, that's how you playing. Obviously, had a couple of uh, explicits with it. Um, <laughs> uh, but he threw it up and it all on the floor and told us this is how, how we plan. And if we keep playing like this, we don't get our tails kicked and blah, blah, blah. And I clean that up. That's how you guys plan. Obviously, being one of the freshmen, I was the one who had to help clean up. But anyway, he, he had a way of getting our attention. Like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Like, show up every day to get it done and, and, and enjoy it. And for me, that was, that was a drive for me because I was like, all right, well, I got it. I'm, I'm already doing that. But now since you're saying, I'm going to make sure you see it in me. So there was, there was never a time where, and there never would have ever been a time where I would raise my hand, I need a sub whether I'm in practice or anything. If I'm getting subbed out, it's because they want to see somebody else in there. That's the way I was. That's the way I was in high school. That's the way I was in high school basketball, high school football. It's how you were in the NFL, too. You didn't, you didn't take any games off. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to come. I missed one game in the NFL. I know, one. Yes, one. <laughs> yeah, but in, like, what season? It was, like, your seventh my season? seventh season. Yeah. I mean, come uh, on. One, two, three. I think it was my seventh season. I was in Washington. I pulled my hamstring against uh, Miami. I caught a slant, and I, I was I was I broke out, and then I, I ended up I, my hamstring started going going out right then. Mm. Uh, I ended up getting tackled. It was like a fifty yard gain. I got tackled on the two yard line. Oh my yeah. goodness! I mean, Antoine, I stubbed my toe this morning and almost called off this podcast. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, that's where I'm at. All right, so so but we only have a few more minutes with you today. Yeah. Go ahead, Ward. Uh, yeah, well. We, we could go there too, because it's clearly, well, I was going to go back. We're, we're going to do another part. Cause we got to finish right. your whole, as long career. as that's understood, but I, I was going to compare yeah. and contrast 
um, Coach Knight with with Coach Cam because I think yeah. what's really interesting was Coach Cam also was quarterback for the IU football team and played basketball for Coach yeah. Knight. What was your relationship like with Cam, and and what were you gleaning from him? Not only being a two sport athlete at IU, but stuff you still carry with you today. Well, the stuff I carry to with me today, even from um, a coaching standpoint, now that I'm in the NFL and understanding NFL things like I didn't, you know, you didn't, obviously you, you get a lot of it as a player uh, from that perspective, but I got it early on coming into the league because of what I had in college. Like he, he had, he had, has this mind. I shouldn't say had, uh, he has this mind of, you know, putting players where they need to be and making sure your athletes are getting the ball and running the right, play. just, just understanding the game, the coverages. I'll never forget. Um, i never forget. Uh, we were playing, uh, okay, I can't. I, I did forget. I can't remember who we were playing. <laughs> uh, but they were bringing a certain blitz. Um, it's fire zone blitz where they bring the two uh, safeties off one. They bring a safety and a nickel guy off one side. And when they do it, they have to rotate down, which which leaves your backside X um, uh, wide open on the back on, on on the backside. And I threw into the blitz in practice, mm. and coach corrected me right then. He said, "Okay, we don't want to throw into the blitz. We want to make sure we take the X on the backside when they run this coverage because." The backside, a backside wheel linebacker is going to try to help on the front side to make sure, you know, we don't throw there. So throw the X on the backside. I got in the game and sure enough, I threw that ball front side. Uh, it almost got picked off and he was screaming on the sideline. That ball goes here. Point to the X receiver. Jerry Dorsey at the time, who was my receiver, mm -hmm. was wide open. Uh, and I just remember that vividly. And if you, when you get an opportunity to understand that, learn that, you got to put it into action. You know, you, you can go through practice, make the mistakes, but if you get to those games, you got to carry that stuff over in the game and do the right thing in the game. Uh, so I learned a lot from Cam just from the teaching and understanding and learning um, aspect of football, like the ins and outs of it, the X's and O's versus, you know, turn around, just hand the ball off versus, okay, <clears throat> we're going to run. We got three routes and three routes, and we're going to stick with those three routes. We had so many routes. It was unbelievably great and we ran we ran he threw them all at us in training camp so when we got during the season it was okay we could pick this out and now we can run this pick this out and now we can run this now they're not they're not it's not very it's not brand new to them they ran it early on in practice so I learned that and kept that and that's the same thing we do here in the NFL so he brought that NFL mentality for sure and then from a personal standpoint he was just that dude him and coach Pete Smith were the guys him, Anthony Thompson, those are the guys that I had I had an opportunity to go to, lean on, spiritual help, guidance about anything I had going on um, in my life. Those were my, my guys I leaned on who were there for me all the time. All right, Antoine, I think we're coming up on the time you got to skedaddle. Yeah. Uh, can we do a second part uh, to, to hit the rest of your career? Uh, no question. We could do a, sec sec uh, a second part. Um, I would have to, I got to figure out when yeah just look at your schedule and then get back to me no rush we'll, we'll figure I, I, it out i thought it would have been great if you just said no when i was uh i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna say no <laughs> question <laughs> like no question like no, no question <laughs> right that's good well look before you go and and we'll say this afterwards too but look warden i grew up indiana fans and basketball obviously drove it. You made a, Anthony Thompson when we were kids was everything. 
It, yeah. That was IU football. And when we got to Indiana, there was no IU football to really be excited about. You rejuvenated IU football for a generation of fans and a generation of football players afterwards who emulated you. You were so much fun to watch. You made Saturdays in Bloomington while I was there and while war was there, exciting and fun. You really did, man. And I cannot tell you how enjoyable it was to be able to call you our guy. And <laughs> have, and I felt that I said this to you on the phone. I've only owned two IU jerseys my whole life and one or two jerseys, football jerseys my whole life. And one is an 82 Pittsburgh Steelers Jersey. And I'm not a Steelers fan. So uh, I'll, I'll tweet out a picture of that, but I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Excited to do part two. You, you were a revelation to watch play football and basketball. Well, sounds good. Uh, sounds good. Eric and Ward. I appreciate you guys. We'll, we'll get hop on and do it again here soon. Well, now I'm glad he only had an hour because we get to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his energy is infectious. You know, maybe we should put out the video on this one because his face is just so good. Like he's got this great smile that just like lights up the, the entire computer screen. And well, and as a sports broadcasting major and a guy who was working for the Big Ten Network, he used the camera a couple times for the bit. So I do think it'll be a good one to have out. Plus, everybody should see that god-awful shirt you're wearing. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I am. I put on a special one for this one. I mean, look, you and I have talked about this. He was IU football. I mean, he was IU football while we I'm, were there. I'm not sure how many games I would have went into the stadium for. I'm not sure how often I would have left the tailgate if he hadn't been our quarterback. And it was, we'll talk about this in part two, you know, the, the joy of watching him play with the frustration of losing, but ultimately the joy of watching him play always won out. It was thrilling. Always. He was was and is one of the most exciting football players I've ever watched. Well, he's one of the most exciting football players anyone's ever watched. I mean, that's that's how good. Well, he I is. can't speak to that. I can only speak to me. No, you can. You can. You can just say it. I mean, he's one of the most exciting football players that has ever played the game, and his skill set and what he was able to do just as an athlete. I mean, the fact that he was drafted by the Cubs played at, you know, was finished sixth in the Heisman voting in football, played for Bobby Knight in the Big Ten in the 90s, went on to be an NFL wide receiver, punt returner. I, I mean, the guy is just staggering. I meant what I said. I mean, he's one of the, the best greatest. The he's to... the greatest athlete I use ever had. I don't know if there was some awesome Olympian decathlete, decathlete yeah. you know, back in the 20s or something, but I, I just can't imagine – there was somebody with, with the pure speed and agility, you know, mixed with durability. One thing I was talking about the other day with a friend was it's so often overlooked how crucial durability is to be a big time athlete because you can have all the talent in the world. But if you just don't have the kind of body that can take the punishment of basketball or football, I don't think you see it quite as much in baseball, of course, but that, that can really play into how great you are. And, and here he is. He, he clearly got injured uh, as he just told us with broke his right wrist, wrist. and right finger um you know there in his first couple of years but then be able to heal quickly 
and completely and continue on and miss one NFL game in the kind of career he had as a little guy getting smashed by the biggest, strongest, meanest people on the planet. It's insane. Yeah. And he's not a guy who shied away from contact. I mean, as you heard, like he didn't want to go down. I just, I wish there was home movies. Maybe he has them. I would love to see like him and his brothers playing tag. You it's know, one I of just, those where growing up analog, there's probably not as much as you'd like. Yeah. And what there is, is really scratchy and grainy and from far away. Yeah. But I, yeah, like when, when they were asking his high school coach for a highlight reel, that's right. If we just have one of those games, yeah, just grab a tape. I mean, <laughs> we should see, we should ask him if he has any of his old high school tapes. I cannot imagine how fun they were to watch. The other thing I was thinking, Ward, when he was talking about that he was on the scout team, you know, that playing offense so that he would go against Indiana's defense, I just was laughing in my head because I was like, this guy ran for hundreds of yards against Big Ten good defenses. Can you imagine the stats he would have put up if he played Indiana's defense every week? <laughs> it mean, wasn't I, Cam's thing. Cam <laughs> was not a defensive-minded guy. Well, Indiana, between Mallory's heyday and Tom Allen, defense was ne- nobody's thing in Indiana. And, I mean, Antoine Randall was probably running for like 1,400 yards a practice. Like, I can't just imagine the stamina it takes to run as much as he was probably running. I can't imagine how frustrated the the defenders must have been. Oh like, my God. Th- this is our practice squad guy, and he's making us look silly every play. It, it's like when um, George McGinnis was a freshman and unable to play. Yeah. You know, and Steve Downing, and they were playing against the varsity team. You know, like, I can't imagine what that was like. You just, these are the guys that aren't playing? Like, (laughs) um, but, you know, we were told this by Michael Lewis, by Anthony Thompson, that Antoine's energy is just so infectious. And it's true. I mean, I could imagine a scenario where, oh, this hot shot football player is going to come over to the basketball team and, like, the basketball guy's not liking it. But Lewis was telling me, that wasn't the case. His energy was so great and so genuine that the team just loved him. They loved having him around, and so did Coach Knight. Clearly. I mean, we have never heard a player say Coach Knight was the kind of guy you could go make mom jokes with or go to the movies with. So I do wonder how much of that is being the football star that Coach Knight was also had a, a little bit of a of a relationship with him and respect and, and respect. And even the baseball thing too. We know how much coach Knight liked baseball and coach Knight being like, well, this kid doesn't have to be here playing for me. He could just be with cam. He could be doing the baseball thing. Um, but he's such an exceptional athlete and human being. It kind of tickled coach to have him around while he could and afforded Antoine a sort of special privileges on the personal side of things, because it wasn't all or nothing with him. I will say this though. I think the thing that coach Knight probably valued more than, I don't say more than anything. I think the two things he probably valued were intelligence and toughness. And I think in Antoine, he saw a kid that was shorter than most playing that position, shorter than most playing that sport, and just a tough SOB. And I think there's probably, you know, we heard this from, was it Leary or Evans that told us that Coach Knight loved the Fab Five. 
Mm. He loved that team. There was some swagger there, but those guys were tough. They played the game the right way. So I think, again, it's one of those things where Coach Knight on paper gets a, you know, it's a, it's a misconception of who he really was and what he would like. And I just love hearing, uh, wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall between a conversation about Converse sneakers with Coach Knight and Antoine <laughs> Randall Al? I love it, did, it. It didn't appear that he remembered the debate about the weight of the sneakers no. with Coach that he, he won, that Antoine won. But again, that's probably one of those things where Coach Knight's like, huh, something, something really special about this kid. I like this kid. Yeah. And again, just his talent. I mean, I do mean it like Randall Cunningham was a scrambling quarterback, but not the same way that Antoine scrambled. No, Antoine. That's why I figured Barry Sanders had to be as a running back because it's a, it's a pinball, right? He's like a pinball bouncing around and he's so fast and he can cut so quickly and make guys miss that where you're right. Cunningham, he was fast. He was long. He, 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 he could really stride. And he did revolutionize the position in terms of people realized what a threat a quarterback could be with his feet. But when Antoine came along, it was like, wow, what if you just snapped it to Barry Sanders every time and, and Barry could chuck it down the field 35 yards pretty accurately or just run all the way down. And I'm telling you guys like Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, you know, like well, the, the well, Michael Vick was because Lamar Jackson is too young to remember Antoine Randall L. But but like Michael Vick came directly out of that. Like I, I right. would be shocked if Michael Vick, one of his heroes, wasn't Antoine Randall L. Because my, he was the guy who then did it at the professional level first and really broke it open there to where people could be like, "Wow, this is the future of the position." Yeah, the other guy that I remember, by the way, on the Lamar Jackson thing, I mean that. Antoine broke the dam and that led to a whole era of people trying to do it. And that led to a whole era of people trying to do it. But Cordell Stewart was a guy that I remember when I was in high school was like slash, they called him, right? Because he was quarterback slash receiver slash running back. Are you talking about with, with Colorado or when he was in Pittsburgh? I think Slash started in Pittsburgh, probably. But in Colorado, he was this scrambling, a little bit of a scrambling quarterback, but had a big arm, too. I mean, really, his career was made on that one Hail Mary. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, but but I wonder if, if Antoine had any um, look to Cordell at all as, like, a guy. But we knew at Indiana that we had something special. Like you said, the losing was secondary. It, it it almost didn't matter because you knew you were getting a treat losing, on Saturday. Losing was never so much fun, honestly. It, it truthfully was. And he kept us in games and competed in games we should never have even been involved in. I mean, yeah. we talked about it before we got on. There was one game plan to play against Indiana. Just key everything on Antoine Randall. There was couldn't no do one else on the team. They still couldn't stop him. Nope. So... Um, we've been trying to get him on for a while and I love that he came on. He's going to give us another part, but, uh, well, and how much do you love? He has a a really close relationship with Tom Allen, which is, is just something we love to hear as, as Hoosiers and connecting the past with the present. But I'm also talking practically because you have an NFL coach in Antoine Randall L down in the Tampa area. And we want to keep that pipeline of recruits coming up to Bloomington. I think Tom Allen's obviously doing a great job with the relationships he had down there from his high school coaching days and his SEC days. 
but to have somebody with the personality and the profile of Antoine Randall L down there in that hotbed of recruiting, wearing his IU gear that he, he, in the short time we had to do the interview, he said, wait, I got to put on some IU gear. And as somebody who doesn't like Tom Brady, I was glad to see him get out of the Bucks gear. <laughs> but you, you know, that's you totally that's the fabric. That's the stuff that that helps a program continue to to ascend to this level of greatness, which IU football now is firmly entrenching itself in. Well, uh, as long as you've got connections to people like Antoine Randall, you're in good shape. And I agree totally with you. It's. Tom Allen preaches that he has built a culture. I mean, and you see it in every interview he does, in every interaction with every player, in every game. You just see it. I mean, you see it all the time. It is genuine. And it does not surprise me at all that he has a relationship with Antoine Randall L or I'm sure many other former players that he remembers growing up in the state of Indiana and having a connection to as a fan. And then as a coach, just kind of recognizing who were the special players. It doesn't surprise me at all that Tom Allen is not letting that stuff get swept under the rug. He pays attention to it. It's important to him. And I am sure he looks at Antoine as an integral part of the family that he is now the patriarch of. Imagine a high school kid, Maybe he crosses paths with Antoine Randall L down there during the off season, gets himself up to Bloomington, meets Anthony Thompson and coach Allen. And you just have this, this beautiful, beautiful snapshot of the last 30 plus years of Indiana football and, and the greatness that has been there. And obviously the, the team as a whole has never done better and and now you can start to paint a picture of like a history and a legacy that you can be a part of that if things weren't happening right now, like they were, you'd be like, well, we had this one great guy in the late eighties and then this other great guy in the late nineties, you want to be the next one great guy, but Tom Allen can just bring it all together and be like, be one of these guys who, who are just incredible human beings, first and foremost, who still have a strong connection and relationship with the university or even at the university. And, you know, so not only are you setting yourself up to being a, a part of a wonderful experience while you're here, but you can be a part of it the rest of your life. Totally. We, we didn't talk about this, but I think it, it warrants mentioning I am sure that part of the connection between Antoine and I know it is with Anthony and Tom Allen and several former players is they are men of faith and, Absolutely. and their, their faith and their religion is extremely important to them. It is to Antoine. He talks about it a lot. He is committed to it. He uses it to help people. And obviously that connection with Tom Allen um, has to be something that is just special for those guys. It's that, that is a cool bond that, that they have and they it's are genuine. They're raised believing in something bigger than themselves. They're raised in community. And all of that is obviously something that translates very much into team sports, you know, and especially, especially football, especially football where, I mean, it does in basketball too, no doubt and baseball, but football is different. I mean, it's like even just pure numbers, the number is bigger. Dozens and, and dozens of players and the risk I mean, the the risk is part of it. I, I really believe that. Those, When you play basketball, you really aren't thinking about injuries that much. I mean, of course, injuries are part of basketball. But in but football, you're, your, your life's on the line. I mean, that 
there have been catastrophic injuries in football that date back to the from the you know to tackle football became a real thing yeah and and that is ever present in the game of football and when a guy goes down you see everybody kneeling around him you know like you see Mm -hmm. the emotion that happens on with the opposing team when that is part of the equation of a team sport that bonds you in a way yeah and and to have people that are running your program that have a a have been raised in a thing that is bigger than themselves. It just kind of helps bring it all together in a way that, that is that secret sauce that you just, there's, there's a reason there's only one Tom Allen. I mean, he is singular. He is singular. It it is. It's a great point you make in terms of the dangers because for the first time in my life, my son sat down with me and watched the entire Colts game, uh, which if anybody tuned in to the Colts Texans games yesterday game yesterday, you know that it was a real emotional roller coaster. And my son saw the good, the bad, and the ugly of watching a game side by side with dad. But you know, somebody was hurt and and we had that conversation about this is a dangerous game. And these guys not only run the risk of getting hurt play to play, but a lot of these guys are gonna live with pain for the rest of their lives. Exactly. And, and that, you know, that's, that's a really serious life choice to make. And, and I think those who do, you know, for the large part, they, they realize that nobody's going into it, especially as they enter the pros and being unaware of what's coming. And, and when you are literally sacrificing your body, why, you know, and, and it's so much about love and passion and joy for what you're doing and the people you're doing it with because that's not something a lot of people are going to put themselves through just for themselves. It's, it's for a better future for their family. It's, it has, it has so many things factor into it to decide to do that. It's, it's, you know, I'm not going to equate it to this because nothing can be, but when you sign up for the armed forces, you know, there's a risk you're taking and it's, very rarely you're like, yeah, well, cause I want glory. I want individual glory. It's like, no, I I'm going to do this for the people around me, for the people I care about. And that's how you find that courage to whether, you know, it's, I mean, like, and this is how the whole conversation came up. There was a simple hit, a simple tackle on the sideline. And I said, Porter, just so you know, if that had been daddy, they would have had to take daddy to the hospital and daddy never would have been the same again for the rest of his life, because that's how freakishly strong and tough and big these guys are. And then you look at Antoine Randall L he's not much bigger than us, but he's a hell of a lot tougher and even more talented. Antoine Randall L is smaller than me. I mean, he is smaller than me, but he has more toughness in his one hand than i have ever had in my entire life i mean he's just built different yeah i i believe he's shorter than me but i'm absolutely certain he weighs more because muscles 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 weigh weigh a lot than skin and bones look uh we've had anthony thompson tom allen and antoine randall on this show in the last few months uh i guess we got to get harry gonzo on the show you know, I mean, I think we got to go back and get Harry Gonzo. But I, I am sad we never got Coach Mallory or George Talaferro. That's fair. Because those, th- that's, we're talking about IU Mount Rushmore there. Uh, we talked about tracking down Trent Green at some point. Yeah, for sure. You know, that there, there's some out there. And I went out of Wale. I went out of Wale Agunlier on the show. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So look, it's the football thing has, it's remarkable what's happened, but regardless of what happened with Tom Allen, Antoine Randall has been a special, special Indiana university alumni since he stepped foot on campus and cemented a legacy that honestly, I just don't see how it's ever, ever matched by anyone, what he did on the field. When you mention, when you mention him to people, they they smile. It brings joy. Thinking about Antoine Randall L as a player and as a personality just makes people happy. Totally. It it makes me happy thinking about Antoine Randall L. It's funny because his energy as a human matches the energy that he played with on the field, mm-hmm. right? Like he yeah. was this guy who was frenetic and had all this energy and you can tell that he's got that as well. So uh, I'm glad we get to do another one. And uh, we'll be back at it. So follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I, but the the sometimes sometimes why. And we'll be back at you next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.